What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Marsh. Listen to the Rims and S podcast. We are back from a short hiatus. I was pretty much just enjoying my summer. It's Labor Day weekend, so I'm getting the back of swing of things. As it's probably my first recording since maybe July. Well, not maybe, but I was in July. So, getting back at it again. Um, it's obviously it's been a dead time, so was able to get you know get some work done I needed to do outside of this, and um, catch up on that, and you know get some things done as well as um, just yeah enjoy my summer. Um, went on vacation couple, uh, two weeks ago. Didn't really do that much besides maybe rest and stuff. I did see some family members. They get to see the family because it's been tough, you know. When you work two to three jobs, like I do, most of the time it's tough to really see family. So I was able to see family members and stuff. Um, I think the beginning of the beginning of the, like in June, I think I you know, I had a little family gathering on my father's side and then was able to see, you know, you know, a few of my relatives and stuff throughout the summer. So it's been fairly good. I'm probably going to hopefully see family members tomorrow as we're having a cookout. So pretty much the summer is pretty much going to, you know, come to a complete end. This is usually like the, where, you know, everyone goes back to school and, Things get back to kind of the way it, you know way it is most of the most of the year. As I mean, some people do get the summer off. As far as you know, the teachers and stuff, they get the summer off. So like pretty much most people are, are heading back to work, as well as school and stuff. You know, kids go back to school. So as we can definitely symbolize is the close of the summer. So I think I could just sneak in a quick you know pod real quick review what went on throughout the summer. Well, really, not really a lot has gone on. I mean, get the summer league that wrapped up two months ago. I'm not going to really get deep into that because that happened like maybe like in July. So I think I had, I had an episode about that. So I'm not going to go deep into that. But look at August. Nothing really happened in August. It was kind of, you know, free agency kind of closed out. So really wasn't really anything going on in August. So. Now to this week, um, you got the you got all these expositions going on for the EuroBasket tournament, um, which has started yesterday. So I'm gonna try to sneak in those games as well. Maybe and talk about that. Maybe I can make a, another pot about that to see the results of the uh, EuroBasket, which is a pretty big tournament because you know MB has definitely has become a worldwide sport. So you see, even in college, college and even high school, you've seen a lot of international flavor, you know, around the country competing at a high level. Like, you know, the, the last two MVPs were from a European player, um, Nikola Jokic. He's from Kuwait, uh, excuse me, he's from Serbia. And then you got Giannis, he's from Greece. You know, he's, he's originally Nigerian, but, you know, he was born and he was raised in Greece. 
don't think he was born in Greece, but he was raised in Greece. So he technically, you know, has a Greek name and everything. So he's kind of owned that culture and he's competing, you know, in this Eurobasket tournament. So it's a lot of high level talent in this Eurobasket tournament. So I'm just walking my way to the point where you've seen a lot of injuries over the summer from these exposition games. And it hit home with the Celtics as Danilo Gallinari. The first report was, oh, he, you know, he had an exposition, uh, one of these games, these friendlies to prepare for the Eurobasket as he's playing for his native country, uh, He's playing for Team Italy, and he ends up going down with a torn meniscus. Supposedly, that's what they said. But the last report, which just came out uh, just today, no, 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 it wasn't a, just a torn meniscus. It was a it was a torn ACL. So that's a whole like, that's from a a two month injury. Oh, when I first heard the report, I was like, all right, that's. That's not too bad. It's only two months. He'll be back, you know, no later than December. December, maybe even January. He'll be back in January. Now it's a torn ACL. This couldn't have been at the worst time for the Celtics because Celtics got Gallinari to improve their bench because that was the biggest issue with them in the NBA Finals. They had no bench scoring. They had no one to rely on to come off the bench. Granted, they had still had Brogdon, knock on wood, Hopefully, you know, he's going to be 100% healthy before training camp because a lot of these expositions have been have been pretty risky for some of these players. I mean, we've seen Chet Holmgren go down with a foot injury in a simple, you know, exposition where guys like Tatum and LeBron played in that exposition. It was a, uh, it was, it was a Jamal Crawford exposition game. So it's like... I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be the one to say, like, don't play in the games. I mean, I get, I mean, you could, you could injure yourself work just, you know, doing a, a simple offseason workout. So, like, I, I mean, there's no reason why we should, like, say, oh, don't play in these games. These games are a risk. Sometimes injuries happen. And, and, you know, I was just hoping that it wouldn't be something like a 20 ACL for Gallinari. But, yeah, 20 ACL. Same thing with home right now. I mean, he has a season injury. Uh, Liz Frank injury. That's a season-ending injury. So, I mean, and some some people say that could it be, you know, could affect his career. So, I mean, that is that is just crazy that we're getting these, like, long-term. I think it might be just because of the way the schedule has been. This is, like, the first off-season, true off-season in the past two years for the NBA. I mean, the NBA's kind of had these short, abbreviated off-seasons. This is actually their first one where they actually had a few months off. So that's a tough loss for the Celtics to lose Gallinari, man. Because it's like, how do you replace him at this time? A lot of the good players are pretty much gone and taken up. I mean, the first player that comes to mind is obviously Carmelo Anthony. He's still available. But for a reason, you know, I think a lot of guys, they look at him, he's 38. Pretty much, you know, past his prime, but he's still a pretty productive player. But, 
I mean, that's it's not much left. I mean, maybe Lamarcus Aldridge, but I think Lamarcus Aldridge is way past his prime. I think he's a defensive liability at this point of his career. But I would just say those are the only two guys that stick out that would be like good, you know, offensive, you know, replacements for for what you're gonna miss with Gallinari. So if it was me, I'd probably just you know. I don't think you got a choice. I think you just swing the fences to come around Anthony, but it's it's really just, you know, up to what the Celtics want to do. I mean, you could maybe go swing for a trade. You know, Utah's breaking up their roster. They're, they're rebuilding. They just uh, traded uh, Donovan Mitchell away. But they still have some veterans still on the team. Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich. I think that Boyan Bogdanovich would be a nice fit here if he – you know, if the price was right, I mean, maybe it takes maybe just giving up a first-round pick. But like I said, you already gave a first-round pick to the Pacers. I mean, I don't want to give up a ton of first-round picks, but you got to just go after it when you know you want to win a championship. So it's tough. I mean, maybe you wait, you know, wait to maybe trading deadline. Maybe you do that. And then you make a move then. I think maybe that's probably – maybe make a minor move. You know, Sam Hauser. Oh, yeah, Sam Hauser is a, an option. But, I, I mean, I didn't like the way he looked in the summer league, bro. I think he looked pretty um, pretty bad in that summer league. So, they're saying that like he has an elevated role. I mean, I mean, he didn't play well in the summer league. So, I don't know, man. I I like J.D. Davidson, I think, but it's like, again, you're looking for someone maybe at the four or the three spot. They could use someone, you know, they're pretty good at the guard position right now. They need someone at that four, three, possibly five spot that can stretch the floor and give you offense in that front court. So, like I said, I said all those. I said, you know, Carmen Envy, I said maybe Bogdan Bardanovich, maybe Gay is also another player at Utah that could be, you know, expendable for them. But it's, it's just a tough time for that injury to happen, right? Right, right, just before training camp. And this this happens over a game that maybe, you know, when you know you have a chance to win a championship, do you really have to play for your team country? But, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'd just be I, – I just think, like I said, these injuries could happen anytime. So it's like – how can you really police it like that when these injuries could happen anytime? So the risk, obviously, playing in the game is a lot higher. Yeah, it's a lot higher than maybe an offseason workout, but it's nevertheless, the risk is always going to be there. So I don't know. I mean, it it is what it is, and you got to have to move on, and it's a bench piece. It's not – you know, it could be worse. It could be someone that really is a true – I mean, Gallinari might be in and out of rotation. You never know. I especially think he might not even be in the rotation in the playoffs. So that's just my opinion on it. I think he's going to be a great value for a regular season, but he may not – because of his defensive liabilities, he may not be a guy you lean on on the on – the, on, excuse me, on, on in the rotation playoff-wise. So – like I said, I think you got to just continue to build, you know, you know, the Gallinari. Excuse me. It's, it's important to build on with Brogdon, the new piece, 
along with Derek White, along with Grant Williams. Those will probably be your main three. And whoever comes out, you know, sticks out to get that fourth spot, which Gallinari would have been that fourth guy, is going to be key. It's going to be key, whether it's Hauser, whether it's um, Kambaja Jelly, which has had, had a great summer league. I don't know. Maybe Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan outplayed Sam Hauser in the summer league. So maybe Matt Ryan might end up being somebody that you can rely on as far as like a shooter goes or someone really that can give you some type of offensive punch besides Brogdon. So that's going to be interesting to see that. And before we end it, I know this, I'm going to make this a really quick pod, but before we end it, obviously I got into, you know, college football updates last year. So I'm going to get back to that this season. Maybe I might do that every week, you know, until the NBA season starts. I think once the NBA season starts, I'm just going to just do, you know, full NBA, full college, full high school course. And don't forget, uh, on my website, rimsandnets.com, check it out. R-I-M-S, double N-E-T-S dot com. Get the Rimsandnet class of 2023 will be coming out. No later than January. I think I think I'd be able to get the full list done by January. But I'm gonna try to put in pieces of it before then. Maybe eighty, you know, maybe I'll try to do eighty through a hundred sometime maybe next month. And then, you know, from there on in I'll do uh eighty through sixty, then sixty uh forty uh fifty-nine through forty and and then we'll go pretty much 20 for each. So it'll be probably five, you know, five segments of the top 100 until you get the full list in sometime in January. Sometime in January. It could be mid-January. It could be early January. But I'm hopeful I can complete the whole thing by January. I'm already kind of, you know, slicing and dicing each player in each state for all the New England states to kind of get you who's the best players in each state and, and all that, we're going to pretty much break it down you know, player by player, a scouting report of each player, like we had it in the first year that I first did, you know, first did it. So look out for that. That's going to be good. But, but for right now, we're, we're going to switch gears and get right back to what I was mentioning with the college football picks. So I got three picks for you guys for tomorrow. I know. Some of you guys, you know, might be NBA fans as well as college football fans or football fans in general. So check out these picks. So let's start with um, what I like to look at is, you know, the top games of the day. Or really the weekend because it's going to be games on Sunday and Monday as well. But uh, we'll just uh, stick to Saturday. So we got Cincinnati versus Arkansas. Um, I think I got Arkansas winning this mainly because of KJ Jefferson. I think KJ Jefferson obviously is going to be key for Arkansas. They got a lot more returning players coming back. Uh, since he's, you know, they lost, you know, a lot of high level players to the NFL last year. Obviously their top cornerback and 
uh, I think Witter is still with the team, but I, I don't really – I got to double-check that, though. Just give me a sec. Witter was – no, I don't think he – I think he graduated. It might be him. It's probably him or not. But I think Witter graduated to Cincinnati, so – they got a lot of players that are kind of, kind of new, but enough players that they still was able to get, to get ranked. So they're ranked, I believe, in the teens. That's crazy. They, I put in Cincinnati, but um, the, the Bengals come up <laughs> instead of the, the Bearcats. So Ben Bryant, he transferred. They also had Evan Prater. They thought Evan Prater might have been able to get that starting quarterback job, but it ended up being Ben Bryant. He's listed on the depth chart as the man. Brian Montgomery's a senior running back. But they're pretty experienced as um, far as like their defense goes. They got a lot of transfers, but they still got some pretty good experience coming back as well. So, I mean, their, de- their defense might be pretty good coming to that Arkansas game. But I, I, I'm i going for uh, the SEC team because I just think K.J. Jeffress is one of the better quarterbacks in the country. So, I have Arkansas winning that game. Obviously, the physicality of Arkansas definitely might be too much for Cincy. So, I got Arkansas winning that. Well, anyways, um, so for the next game, I got – I got Georgia versus Oregon. Some plug in here. So I got Georgia versus Oregon. So obviously got Stetsman Bennett coming back. Got a pretty, you know, decent players coming back on both sides for Georgia. I mean, a lot of players they did lose to the draft, but they get they got a lot of uh, you know players coming back. Harris Jackson. Um, McIntosh, the running back, he came, you know, he played a lot of snaps with him last year. He's their starting running back this year. Um, a couple players on the defense that are pretty good. Um, they got some star studded freshmen coming in as well. You know, keep an eye on them. I looked at their, like, they were relying on their veteran players to kind of like hold the fort. There's not a lot of freshmen playing on the two deep. So, I mean, you might see them sprinkled out there here and there, but I think Branson's another guy you got to look out for as one of the one of the top freshmen in the country. So Georgia, obviously, you know Kirby Smart always recruits top five every year, and he's been doing that ever since he's gotten to Georgia. So I expect Georgia to lean on their you know experienced players as well as some of their young guys here and there. And I just think, in a physicality standpoint, I think Georgia's just a much more physical team that Oregon, I don't know, Oregon's a very young team. They got a lot of sophomores. I've seen there's a lot of sophomores playing with Bo Nix. Bo Nix, we all know, is not a true quarterback. He's more of a dual threat guy, a running quarterback. 
fits the Oregon type of style if they're running that same Chip Kelly-esque type of style. You know, you had Mario Cristobal being there. You, you had the, um, the guy before that, that pretty much was the predecessor for Chip Kelly. I don't know what the roots of this new guy is for Oregon, but I think they run a spread. I mean, Bo Nix is going there. I think they run some type of a spread. So I just think, you know, you know, having Bennett come back for Georgia is huge. And it's going to make them, you know, it, you know, with the laws of a good defense, they'll be in game every, every game because of Stetson Bennett. His playmaking ability, able to run out the pocket, make plays out the pocket. He's such a game changer with his legs. So I have Georgia uh, winning that one pretty easily. It's going to be a, a neutral site game, but it's going to be a lot of Georgia fans because it's going to be at the Georgia Dome. So it's a Chick-fil-A kickoff game. So I have Georgia easily winning that. Should be a home should be a home game for the dogs. And then you got the pretty much the primetime game. You got Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame going through some transition. Brian Kelly, he went to LSU. So they got a new head coach, new system. So they definitely, you know, besides maybe Notre Dame's defense, I think Notre Dame's defense could keep them in the game. But I think Ohio State is they're one of the top receivers in the country in Jackson. Nabija Smith, and then you have, uh, you know, top quarterback at C.J. Stroud coming back. He's Eisen Trophy candidate. I mean, they're going to they're gonna roll. Marvin Harrison Jr. is about to be a, a top-tier freshman coming in. Or he was a freshman last year, but he didn't really play much last year. But he's expected to really do big things for Ohio State this year. So, yeah, they, you know, Ohio State, they're just like a lot of those SEC teams down south. They just reload. Ohio State's the same thing. They just reload. So I think Ohio State should – it will be closer early on, but I think Ohio State at late will pull away. Too much offensive firepower, too much talent. They still have Henderson. He had a tremendous freshman, you know, campaign last year, running back for Ohio State. So I really got them rolling this one. I got Ohio State winning it um, by a couple couple touchdowns. All right, so those are my picks. So we're going to wrap it up with that. Just a little short, you know, pod to kind of get me back into the swing of things of, you know, recording again. Obviously, I'm going to continue to, you know, record and probably do a lot more, you know, recordings every couple weeks once the NBA starts. Might even do every week now as, like, maybe short clips to kind of, like, give you my, you know, weekly picks for college football because I'm – I'm a huge college football fan as well as, you know, NBA and basketball fan in general, but huge college football fan. So I kind of wanted to, like, bring that back from what I did last year. And I didn't do it every episode. I did it, like, maybe a few episodes, but maybe I could do a little bit more, you know, bring maybe hopefully every week. It just depends on my schedule. Obviously, I got I told you guys all the time I had, like, two or three jobs. So it's like time is – as whether what I can make it. If I can make the time to do it, I, I mean, it's 20 minutes. This will be only 20 minutes, so pretty sure I can spare 20 minutes to kind of talk sports and get the can and and pretty much talk about what I'm truly passionate in, and I'm always going to continue to bring my best thoughts on that. So we're going to wrap it up. 
Um, this is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and That podcast. This will be episode six of Quick Thoughts. I'm out. Peace.